Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. Today's guest is a man who has become a staple in Bastard Nation. We saw him last week on Bash Ball, and we'll actually see him on tonight's episode as well. He's an international fashion model turned photographer and menswear designer, a TV personality, and so much more. Today, we have Franco LaCosta with us. So I'm really excited to see him, but Mike, you know how we do, man. We got to go into our hot takes first. We got to get into the hot takes, homie. We have to. So my hot take for today is going to be about a gentleman named Iman Shumpert. He's an NBA player. Uh, He has a championship with LeBron James and the Cavs, and he's married to the gorgeous Tiana Taylor. This young man, let me get right into it. He said, and I quote, the reason men don't get excited about lingerie no more queens is y'all be wearing it outside with Air Max on, end quote. <laughs> Brian, normally I want to hear your take first on this, but I, I just, I'm so passionate about this one. He is tripping. He's tripping. Fully, 100%. <laughs> I give him donkey of the day. Oh. He's, well, the reason he's tripping, bro, is because, look, I live in Austin. There's a part of Austin to where uh, women and men both can be topless, right? I can see topless breasts all day. That don't mean I get desensitized. What, what, what's going on in the streets of Austin? <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, they say keep Austin aware. It's just a part of Austin, right? Gotcha, okay. Um, I'm very respectful, but at the same time, I'm not desensitized because I see it, right? I'm, I love my woman. If she decides to wear a bustier, baby, go ahead, do, do your thing. Wear that bustier. Now, I, I think what he's trying to say, though, is that every time he goes on IG, he sees a woman in lingerie, to include his wife. She's always in her lingerie as well. But I mean, I think that's just women taking, like, they want to, that's how they feel. They feel so, comfortable in their lingerie. So does he feel like, like the mystique of lingerie is being lost? Because usually that is, you know, maybe what he's used to, it takes place in an intimate setting. And now all of a sudden it's like on IG, out in the streets. Like, it's just, it just doesn't have the same mystique Brian, that it does. Know, Brian, you know damn well, he ain't got no mystique. <laughs> you know, good and well. I mean, like, you know, ankles used to be sexy just because it was hid. It was hidden back in the day, right? Uh, but now, women are showing their ankles. Women are showing their thighs. I saw a lady a lot, today. A lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about whole. You know, the you know the curve when it goes from thigh to cheeks, all out, right? All out. Uh, it was just all out. I mean, and I literally this is crazy. I'm saying this now. I was like, man, when I have a daughter, I just she's gonna do what she's gonna do. Yeah. She's going to wear what she's going to wear. I want to be the type of dad to where, like, you could come to me and talk to me. I'm going to let you know that people are going to be looking. They should not be looking. So for the listeners out there, you know, I'm not not looking, but they're going to be, they should not be, like, gawking you and things of that nature. Yeah. But you're going to get eyes. You know, I'm going to just let her know that. You're going to get some people looking at you. Oh, yeah. Uh, wearing, wearing that type of stuff. You're wearing lingerie, people are going to look at you. If they're respectful, that's how they're supposed to be, though. But when it comes to Iman Shump- uh, Shumpert, I, I think, again, I'm going to always go back to this. If you feel good in what you got on and you sexy and it's like appropriate for the, the venue, do you, boo-boo? Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, if you, got, if you work hard to get the body you have and you want to flaunt it, whatever the case may be, go ahead and rock it outside. I mean, the way I understood it was maybe he wanted to keep that to the bedroom. And for me, I'm, I like lingerie. It's like a presentation type of thing. But for me, that thing's coming off fairly quickly. It's like exactly. after like two minutes, 
you know, the whole, the whole uh, mystique of lingerie. It's like, it's not like you're going to be staying in that. Like you're getting out of that real quick and we're getting down to business. So, you know, I I like it as a presentation, whether people want it, whether women want to wear it out in public. I mean, Hey, listen, I'm all about body positivity. If they want to rock it, that's on them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's good for them at the end of the day. No, definitely good for them. My only thing is just make sure that it's appropriate for the venue, right? Don't be showing up to somebody's wedding. Some damn lingerie. <laughs> that that bride is gonna be like, you you need to leave. Like, yeah, you need to leave ASAP. Like you go to a concert, you wanna wear a bustier, like my girl Selena. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, my lady. That's I don't see nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I just I just don't. I think yeah. Iman Shumper is tripping, and I'm still gonna get just as excited whether I see you in lingerie on IG. And I see you. I mean, I'm in uh, Puerto Rico right now, and I or I see you on a balcony in Puerto Rico in that lingerie, overlooking the ocean. I'm excited both ways. I agree. I agree. You know, whether outside or it, or you know behind closed doors, you just love what's underneath. At the end of the day, right? I mean, you they looking sexy. You love what's underneath. <laughs> well, they trying to get us in trouble out here. <laughs> like. I'm, I'm, hey, my lady happy, I'm happy. That's my story, I'm sticking to it. (laughs) There you go, there you go. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. What's so your hot take? my hot take is I want to talk a little bit about Nick Cannon. I'm a fan. Rachel and I, I don't know if you know this, but we were actually on Wild and Out. That's yes. one of our favorite shows. It's one of the yes. shows we bonded on, uh, including Martin, which is another yes. uh, classic. But Nick Cannon is in the news because he just had his, I believe, fourth child in the last seven months. So yeah, I believe he has a total of seven kids in total. Um, I believe he has two sets of twins. He has twins with Mariah Carey. And it's a situation where people are going at him for having so many kids in such a short amount of time. And I don't know if people know this, but Nick talks about, this is actually all on purpose. He wants to spread his seed Um, And it's mainly due to a health condition. I know he has a very serious form of lupus. And he's talked about it in interviews before about him not knowing how long he's going to live. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's a scary thing. Like, he might die at a young age. That's what he believes. That's what he said in the interview. So he's basically taking the vantage point of YOLO. You only live once. I want to spread my seed. I want to have as many kids and you know, put as many kids on this beautiful earth so that they could experience life as possible. And I'm on the opposite. And I don't. I, I'm not going to knock him for that. And one of the main reasons I'm not going to knock him for that is because at the end of the day, they're going to come in to a situation where they're going to have enough financially to survive. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick is very wealthy. He's worth thirty million dollars. So regardless of whether how many how many women he has how many baby mamas he has how many kids he has for me as long if he can support them and help raise them to healthy successful adults at the end of the day through his financial means then I'm okay with that I think the other end of the spectrum if he was 
if he didn't have that wealth, you know, and he was just working a nine to five, making 50 K a year and he's having seven kids. Now, how good of a situation are the kids in? You know what I mean? And then the other aspect goes to the emotional health of the child. You know what I mean? Obviously having a father be there for them is, is very integral when it comes to raising young children and, you know, with all his stuff that he has going on with Wild and Out and, you know, America's Got Talent, all, all the other shows or whatever he has going on, you know, does he have enough time to spend with these children? That's my only concern. But as far as the the simple point of people getting on him for having all these kids, listen, if he if he's able to do it and he's, you know, he, this is kind of like his his wish before he goes, you know, hopefully that's not the case. He lives a long life. But I, I don't knock him for that. What do you think? Uh, well, firstly, you know, got love for all those individuals that have lupus. Uh, my nana yes. has lupus, and it is nothing to play with whatsoever. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, showing love to Nick Cannon and all those individuals that have lupus. Now, outside of that, Nick Cannon will be 41 years old in October. Brian, can you imagine having seven children? No, I can't. <laughs> he said, no, I can't. <laughs> he said, no, I can't. <laughs> But yeah, Nick Cannon will be 41 years old. He's Google says he's worth 30 million. He's probably worth probably way more, more than that. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I think I'm gonna take this, the stance that Nick Cannon is being honest with these women. Yes. That's more important than anything else. Um, if he tells that lady, "Hey, uh, would you like to have a child? I'm having children by other women as well." Then why are we tripping? That's a relationship between those two individuals with that lady and Nick Cannon. If he has been honest and transparent with him, with them, as he has on that podcast, that's why it makes me feel that he's being honest with them, then what's the big deal? Uh, he has the financial means. He waited to be older in his life before having all his children. I think all of his children are under the age of 10 as well. Mm. And so, including his twins with Mariah Carey, that's when he had his first uh, set of, or his first children. And so, he waited older in his life, he's more mature, he has the financial means, uh, and he's being honest. What's so the, you think so you think issue? he's he's talking to these women before he gets with them and is like, look, you know the deal with me. I'm not looking yes. to get into a relationship. I'm not looking to get married. If you're about the, this life, come on board. I, if not, <laughs> yeah. The reason I feel that way because you got to understand, he Nick Cannon has been in the spotlight since he was like 15. Yeah. So he went from like 15 to roughly 30 years old without having any children. This last decade, he decided to put out seven kids. That tells me that that man is calculated in what he's doing, right? Yeah. I'm 33 years old. I better be 34 in December. I, I've made it this far without having any children, right? And, and if I start popping out seven kids between 33 and 41, got some work it to was do. calculated. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> exactly. you know, but I ain't doing it, but it was calculated. I don't got any kind of money. It was calculated. And I, I don't see the issue. Now, I have, I'm going to bring up my family members. I ain't going to say my family member names because they might be listening. I remember one, one year I bought my cousin some condoms. I was like, bro, please use these because he had seven children before the age of 20. Before the age of 20? Before wow. the age of 20. And he is an individual that has a nine to five and he's an aspiring rapper, right? Seven before the age of 20. Thank God, you know, he took our advice. He hasn't had any more sense. And he's, a, I think he's 34, 35 now, right? But in that situation, I would say, I don't care how honest you've been to these ladies, bro. Like, you don't have the financial ability to support. Wrap it up. Wrap 
You know what I mean? Be. So in that yeah. in that case, it's different, right? If Nick Cannon is being there for all of his seven children, if he is, you know, showing love to all of them equally, being honest, which I'm sure he is, yeah. to the ladies, because that's a lot of a lot of drama that he would have to deal with if he's not being honest, having four different baby mamas within seven months. Like, bro, you got to be honest about that. Hey, I don't think nobody that dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like we talked about on this podcast before, the truth will set you free. Like, he yeah. definitely has to be honest with these women. But I want to take a different perspective. Like, what do you think these women are thinking? Like, because obviously they've gone with somebody that's very wealthy. They're now having this man's child. Like, do you feel that this is what they want? Like if they if they know the deal and they know that this man is probably not going to he's being spread thin. He's got seven different baby mamas. He's got to basically show love to every single one of them. Like, do you think they're cool with him not necessarily being in the picture? But at the same time, they're they're going from maybe, you know, working a nine to five or, you know, a regular day job. Now, all of a sudden they got financial security for the rest of their life and their child. Like you think they're cool with that? Well, I mean. His first baby mama, aka ex-wife well, Mariah Carey, yeah, she has no she's issues. demolishing him <laughs> yeah. in the financial aspect. So, I'm, you know, that's that's two of the children right there. I think it's almost. I don't know those ladies' financial means. I really don't. Yeah. So I don't even. Yeah. I don't even want to like go into that uh, category because they they may be well off. I mean, he had Mariah Carey. She's worth ten times more than what he's worth. Yeah, the, she's an exception of, though. Yeah, I know two of them are not like on his level in that terms of yeah. financial. They could yeah. be on his level in a different regard, but financially they're not on his level. Um, I do find that some women and some men, Kevin Federline, are okay with that, though. They're like, yo, this is a bag. I, I'm, I, I can have a conversation with this individual. You know, I, I respect them. They will be a good father. I, I've, I told my parents, I'll tell you, I'll, say, I'll tell everybody listening. I told my mom and my dad, when I turned 30 years old, this is what I said. I said, look now. I said, if I ain't got no wife, by 35 years old, I'm finding somebody, and we're going to spread this feed. We're going to spread this feed. <laughs> you made I'm a not, I'm not lying. That's what I said. Now, at 33, you know, when 35 is around the horizon, I've changed my mind. <laughs> changed my so mind. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to push that date back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, now it's like 40. We got time. We got you know, time. You know, now it's like 40. But I, I did say that, and I did feel that way. So I, I would be lying, if, you know, if I didn't say that myself. Like, I said, about 35 years old, I want to have a child. I don't want to be an old father. And she's not my wife. She's not my wife. Now, you know, I've aged a bit. And so now I feel like I can wait a bit longer. I just don't see nothing wrong with what Nick Cannon is doing. If he's being honest to these ladies, which is a, yeah. a big if, and he has a financial means, and, bro, his jobs are not that hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, he no, he could film in a couple days. A yeah, he could like, film a couple times a week and then fly out and see – all yeah, of his I, kids, no problem. I still think he can put in a good 40 hours. I'm like, I think of it as a work week, right? 40 hours with all of his kids per yeah. week. I still feel yeah. that. Yeah. I don't see why. I don't I don't think it's bad whatsoever. Yeah, I think it's definitely doable for him, not only to provide financially, but also give that emotional support. You know, whether it's, I mean, obviously with technology nowadays, they could FaceTime, they could talk on the phone, he could fly there, you know, in a, in a How do we know they don't even pinch. live in the same city? Hopefully, I mean, that would be a little weird. He I mean, walk, shit. Maybe he, he has the, he, he has the financial means. So they're like, all right, I want to put all of you in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like all of you live here with my kids, so I can kind of kill two birds with one stone and see everybody. You know, at once. Nick Cannon is definitely on the tip of, you know, it takes a village. 
right? He's yeah. definitely on that wavelength. So I could, I could see him having a house of all his baby mamas. I could see it. It wouldn't surprise me if he did it. I'd be like, hey. like a the the bachelor mansion of his baby. I will mom, say that would, that would need to be a whole another reality TV show. Like that that would be a reality TV show for the decade. Like, that yes, that that would be interesting. If he had all his baby mamas under one roof, bro. Oh my god. The I TV have a I have a feeling that the women would not be down for that. <laughs> These baby mamas would not be down. I mean, Mariah is definitely not living there. But we've talked about the hot takes. I'm ready to talk to Franco, man. Like we have, I don't think he's ever been on any Bachelor Nation pod, so we had to have him on talking it out. Absolutely, I want to get to know the man, the, the man myth. behind the man, the man, the myth, the legend. Exactly. I mean, we sh- we've seen him on a couple of uh, seasons of the show, and uh, you know, I just want to know how he grew up. Obviously, he is in the LGBTQ plus community, and. I want to know what experiences he had growing up, especially being Latino like I am. He's from Puerto Rico. So definitely looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Puerto Rico, stand up. Boricua. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. No, thank you for being on, Franco. You are a legend within Bachelor Nation, a legend, a legend, a legend. So it's amazing to have oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, listen, this is we're doing our job, you know? Uh, absolutely. I have, wait, we're, since we're just jumping right into it, Franco, I have to ask, is Franco Lacosta your real name? It is. Well, I, you know, in Puerto Rico, they give you many long names. Okay. They give you the name of the mother, the grandmother, the great-grandfather, the one <laughs> history. So my name is very long. It's Let's hear Francisco it. Francisco Jose Lacosta Pardo Rosario Kisak. I mean, da 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 I'm like, <laughs> mother, I'm going to just cut it to Franco Lacosta. She said, you are that. That's who you are. So... <laughs> I'm like, shh, shh. the rest of the family were not so happy. So you're not proud of us? They said, I am, sweetheart. <laughs> I am part of all heritage. We're all one to begin with. So BBN. don't take it personal. I just needed this for show business. For show business, baby. For show business. <laughs> no, no, no. It, 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 it's, it's beautiful. So, Franco, let's let's start at the beginning. Tu eres boricua, colombiano. Oh, my God. <laughs> bueno, hello. Latinos in the house. Latinos in the house. <laughs> Mike loves sure. Latinas. Mike loves right. Latinas. Yeah, that is the truth. I love you my Latina ladies. Oh, yeah. Um, so you grew up in Puerto Rico. So yeah. can you just explain to us a little bit about what your childhood was like growing well, up in Puerto Rico? you know, I grew up in the south part of the island. It's called um, in two places, between Guanica, which is the beach. It's very close to um, Cabo Rojo and all that surfing. It's the Caribbean part of the island. And Yauco at Juntas, which is... Yaucoa and Juntas is a more mountainous part of Puerto Rico. You know, Puerto Rico, the beauty of it is that you have all seasons all throughout the whole year. Mm. The mountains, they're lush and green. They have the desert, you have the beaches. So I grew up between the beach and the mountain. And so practically, I, I lived in a world of fantasy. In the ocean, I just, just look into the horizon and say, where would I go from here, you know? And up in the mountains, I was just really connecting to earth and to the plants. And to be, you know, the smell of coffee, the broom in the morning. You go at night listening to El Coqui, which is so beautiful. This little tiny frog we have in the island that is, it's just, it's, his melody is just so inspiring and reminiscent of, of the grandness of nature and of earth. So as a kid, I was very spiritual, highly spiritual. You know, my grandmother was a Santera. My great-grandmother was into Brujeria and Santeria. So... 
I was always very aware there's something about us connecting with Earth, being grounded, mm -hmm. um, connecting with the plants. You know, when something was wrong, we call upon our ancestors and spirits, and we do this holy bath with La Yerba Santa, Sagua Maravilla, milks, rose flowers, oils, and, and you create these potions of love and healing and uh, all these wonderful things. So, I mean, what can I say? La Santería and La Brujería is a very, it's a high element of, of consciousness that one can connect. But this is only in the Latin American countries. I'm saying Santería and Brujería, it really all emerges from Africa. You know, and that's the beauty of it. That is really, Africa is powerful. You know, Mexico is <laughs> powerful. You know, Latin America is very powerful. You know, so much was created. Egypt is powerful. We're talking about there was a time and a place where all this consciousness came together. And at that particular moment, they were all growing together. There was this massive global energy that I was really taking all regions at all times. There was someone in that part of that world that it was the connecting the source to where it was coming from to its people. Franco. This is fascinating. You know, being human is challenging. You know, we're all here. We have to understand something. I don't know, maybe this is a little bit of an involved conversation. You know, do you want to know? Because like this, then you of can course. really become your more magnificent self about how you can grow and who you are in this life and what is your purpose this is the only way we have to do it it's quite simple so i want to i want to talk about that because this is you found your purpose via i don't know the proper terminology how to say it in spanish but via meditating if, if i could say that were you yeah, ever man. were you ever religious at any point or just more spiritual would you say or anybody you in your know, family religious my family of course everyone was is brought up Catholic, you know, okay. Christian Catholics. But also there was this, what happened with the colonization of the islands where the Europeans, um, the Spaniards came, they went to Africa and brought the slaves to America and all the Indians came together because I am indigenous. So I was also aware of how the, trans, uh, the spirituality was connected to the Christianity, you know, they had, they wanted to be able not to lose their faith, the, the, how you connect to your own faith and what was their, their gods, their spirits, their higher sources, their higher selves, who they were grateful to, La Luna, the King's son, the, you know, La Madre Tierra. And that was really a combination how things had to come together. But as a kid, I learned this very early. You know, I learned theology as I'm learning Christianity and Catholicism. Ooh. Okay, Franco, I have to ask this question, man. I, this Because, you know, we just have Fourth of July weekend. You oh. know, and I was uh, at a beautiful ranch and I was talking to a pastor. Okay. And I asked him this question. Because I think you said we're going to have an evolved conversation. So this is, uh, I guess, what could be the beginning of the conversation right here or, and lead into other things. I asked him, he said that he's an extreme uh, 
Christian. I said, well, what does that mean, extreme Christian? He says he believes every single thing in the Bible. I said, okay, cool. I said, so how do you feel about people in the LGBTQ community? He said, it's wrong. And I said, well, I disagree. I was like, well, I think like if you have a child, are you gonna tell your child that your child is wrong? You know, someone that you love like dearly? And he said, we basically talked for about two hours, right? And we agreed to disagree that as human beings, we tend to judge someone's sin. And we, him and I agreed to disagree that overall, no one sin is bigger than the other sin. The reason I say agree to disagree is because I think that it's wrong to say that being what you are is a sin because what you are to me is not a sin. What you do can be a sin. Like if I slap somebody, that's a sin. If I am someone that is not straight, then I don't think that's just who I am as a person. So I don't think that could be a sin. How do you feel about that? And say, you said you grew up, your family was like Catholic and Christian and very spiritual. How was that part for you? Good question. Well, you know, personally, I was always, I have always been myself. You know, it was quite, let's say, to be different is already a challenge. You know, to be different, to be outspoken, to, to, kind of have a, a personal vision of your life at an early age in your life is very different. So it's it's either, it's, I think of me and I think of them. And they were, um, you know, some people were very embracing of my differences and other people were more, I don't know, scared, I will say, because I was always very open and honest and, um, how can I say, but you know, in life, in general, I'm not only going to speak for myself as I was my personal experience. I will speak about everyone's personal experience who's in this, who has been, como se dice, the word, who, these labels, I will say labels. First of all, we're all human. Yes. We have the same yes. flesh, we breathe the same breath, and we take the same dumps. Very simple. <laughs> okay, just to get it off the record, just to start there. Everyone is, you know, that's part of being human. Um, second of all, we all have a gift. We all have a talent. We all have the differences. And I think the level of, we're speaking about culture, we're speaking about education, we're speaking about breaking uh, uh, bad habits and, and how people related to people that, that were different. Just because, you know, I had a special affinity to beauty in my particular case. I was always- I mean, I see you rocking everything right now you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> because it is hard because the world is collapsing and if i fall in the world's mindset in that perspective you know then i would have never been where i am today i i had the opportunity to have a different perspective you know i was always given these choices should i be upset should i cry i'm like yes you can be upset you can cry but you also get out of that funk because you have so much to do I'm not here. No one's going to tell me I cannot do something or that I cannot be something or I cannot think or, or it, it just evolve as a person. I had, as a kid, I was very different. I was very adventurous. I always had big dreams. Um, I was, uh, you know, creating all these fantasy moments with people. I was always made, making magic moments with people. You know, I was I get my first camera when I was seven. My grandfather was like, Say so you tell me the stories and I click and I click and I click and I click and I click. You know, I was 
highly influenced by nature, by the women in Puerto Rico. I mean, are you kidding me? They love to be made up. Hair, makeup, red lipstick, and those bodies with all those curves. <laughs> I mean, hello, you tell me. You like Latinas. I love Latinas. <laughs> I see I it everywhere. I love Latinas too. <laughs> 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 I grew up with Latinas. My mother was so gorgeous. So, and so, all my girlfriends. And, oh my God. So Franco, you, you mentioned that you knew you were different from an early age. Like what, do you remember the, the age where you actually discovered your sexuality? Let's say, hmm. I, okay, maybe. I can't, honestly, maybe I don't, I don't even think there was a moment of discovering my sexuality. Mm. I, I think it was just so natural that I can look at, you know, a, a cover of Cosmopolitan, which was very fun. And I see like Paulina Poriuskova. Oh, so beautiful, you know, and I'm thinking, what a beautiful girl. And then I go into like, you know, uh, National Geographic because, I, you know, it wasn't about fashion. And I see this beautiful um, man. He's so attractive. And, I, and I'm seeing all these different, but it's what the beauty of it. It was just like, there was something about the structure and the paint and, and in the face and something that I felt that it was attractive. So I, I didn't think anything wrong of it mm -hmm. because also as a kid, I used to have uh, my summer camps were paint, um, at the museum, the art history museum in Puerto Rico. So I spent every summer studying art and studying all the paintings. And I was so attracted to those portraits. They're so beautiful, so sensual. Like you have the flaming June, it's this naked redhead wearing this bell dress and you see her naked body underneath the layer. So to me, nudity, sexuality, male, female genders, it was so blended within the beauty of art that I wanted to create. So for me, there was never a sexual, a sexual, in sex, it wasn't sex, it was more sensual. Yeah. And I could appreciate the, the, the virile masculine body of the Roman sculptures. Don't you tell me they're amazing, yeah. do you know? Or, or the Venus de Milo and, and all these paintings and women's and time. And, and I find, you know, I've always found men and women very attractive together. So I really hate the fact that you need to be put in a category like, okay, you're gay or you're lesbian or you're this or you're that. You yeah. are human. Correct. Do you, we, I, I love that. Amen as well. Do you, is that okay? Did that answer? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah so you did. Franco. <laughs> This is about you and what you, like, you know, your honesty, your truth. Uh, I know you have a, a daughter. Uh, is that how you speak to your daughter? Like, what do you instill in your daughter? What is the wisdom that you want to bring to her? Oh my God. I speak to my daughter. First of all, she's, she's everything to me. So I said, Carmen, we're here to live our life with purpose. Mm -hmm. We're here to be aware of who we are and the impact that we make in other people. Yeah. We are here to protect ourselves as these sacred beings that we are. And we're here to grow. We're going to go through a lot of shitty times in our lives, but we're also going to go through some magnificent times in our lives. We just have to be constantly aware that we're growing and, 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 and be clear and, and be open. Also be very aware uh, of the energy that we attract into our lives. That is huge. Um, yeah. 
That is huge. Energy, you know, energy, we're energy, energy is everything. And Carmen, when in distress, because your brain is going so fast, all this social media is just so crazy. I can't stand it for kids. It's horrible. How old is Carmen? 14. 14. Oh, so she's right at that age. She's at a very impressionable age. Yeah. <laughs> so very how do you manage that? How do you manage that with her? Just, just curious, like social media and things she watches and things like that. Do you just let her be well, or do you control a little bit? Well, I, oh, I got, you know, controlling is not the right word right now with these teenagers. You cannot try to do that yeah, because you will agree. fail. They'll, you know, they'll rebel. They'll rebel on you. They will rebel. Absolutely. Wow. It, it goes worse. So for me, what I have done is, first of all, to be always honest, as authentic as I am, for her to understand that I'm her friend. I'm more than her friend. I'm her father. You're my mother. I'm everything, you know? Yeah. So I've really been able to, I want to know that I will always have the best interest, but I need to know who you spend time with. I need to know your friends. I need you. I need to have this conversation other than the connection that we have a conversation that is so important because if you don't, you need to be able to cross that, to bridge those bridges as they come and not to be judgmental yet to be mindful. Um, really think about the time and the place, how to address a situation. So you really get the most out of it. So I really want to get in a conversation with her that is concise and clear. And it hits the point yes. because these kids are very smart today. They're yes. very smart. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. They know a lot. You know, they do. Yeah, they do. I mean, and it brings you into a place. It's like, I have to be really, really careful what I say. I have to be careful with what I do. I just have to be honest and know that they know maybe more than I do at this point in my life, you know? Oh, definitely. So I like what you said about uh, not being judgmental, but at the same time being mindful. That's huge. But I wanted to ask you, specifically being Latino, you know, there's a big stigma with Latin men as far as being quote unquote machista, right? Where they're very controlling, like, how, did you experience that growing up? Like, did you see that from your family at all? you know, when it came to your father or, you know, the men in your life? The men in my life were very, of course, very machista, <clears throat> very machista. But I, I managed to kind of like, I mean, I didn't pay much attention to them. I felt like it's all a false. I felt like I wanted to be like- False Peter. bravado. <laughs> he said, I didn't pay no mind. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, I used to just really kind of take over, you know, in a nice, fun way. The thing is, you know, growing up, you see, my father died when I was younger. So I was raised by my mom. Mm, sorry to hear that. Slowly, and then I said that was horrible. But then my mom was such a powerful figure in my life anyway. She was such a doer that with her, I really, you know, I was highly sensitive as a kid. I was, I, I was an empath, you know, as that was one of those gifts that I had. And there was a time when I got ill and not figure out what was wrong with me. So then I went through a lot of neurotransmissions and into my brain because it wasn't just fading. I could get, it was just a weird situation. And my, my great grandmother said, oh, he has the gift. <laughs> Boom. I'm like, what do you mean the gift? And my mother said, I don't want to be involved in that. 
because I could tell what was going to happen, who was going to call, what was going to happen. It's going to be an accident. It was just like, and I started connecting through all of this. It was a weird situation. So I became highly empathic and I spent time, spending time with a lot of brujitas, viejitas, and I love older people. I what? love my little abuelitas. They were all older and they knew so much. What is brujitas? So I created an affinity with women, a sensitive sensitivity uh, to a bruja, a, a, to answer your question, Mike, a bruja is, I mean, in translation in English, is a witch, correct? Yes, yeah, a bruja is a witch, but it's a good witch. These good are witch. people that are using natural things, like herbal, herbalistic situations, um, natural rituals. We resource, we go back to earth and to the elements of earth to resolve what we need to resolve. Uh, in that situation. Uh, nice, I like that. Franco, I, in my little short time of talking to you today, I want people to take away, words matter. The way we talk about ourselves matter. You just said, I knew that I was an empath and that was like, that was your gift. You know, some people will say, I'm an empath, it sucks, right? It's all about how yeah. we talk to ourselves. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, what I'm picking up from what you're saying is just, I'm the shit, I am creative, I know that you know you are different, but it's a good thing. I think that so many people feel that they may be different and they become sad and they like, you know, take that with them throughout life. You said that you love the arts, you love beauty, you love looking at masculine uh, figures as well as feminine figures, the skirts, you know, the, uh, the arts, the colors, uh, the spirituality, being an empath, all the things that you are, you completely look at it in a positive light, and I absolutely love that about you. First of all, I'm gonna say thank you, because what I am, I'm a big collective of many things. I am the product of yeah, something Yeah, I see your background. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, and this is my world. This is what I internet design, isn't it? So it's very, you know, colors have an impact. Um, we see things in a colorful way. We don't see black and white, you know? So when we see in color, color affect us. We are affected by Everything that surrounds you as a human body, everything that we have as a spirit. Um, and all, all I seek to achieve is to, for, to bring awareness to everybody so you can become your better self at all times in any situation. Because we're always affecting people. You know, I think that the, I'm this collectiveness and I just really allow it to work through me because I am not controlling my life something else bigger than us is controlling my life like for instance the work that we're doing that we, all of us have done you know working with what we brought together with the bachelor nation I feel that it's, it's very positive I feel you know people are really so I've received beautiful messages from people whose life I've transformed and yet I thought I was being, I'm like, oh my God, they edit the best part when we were the most funny. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's this show, it's, it's the fun, it's the fun of the show. Um, but nonetheless, that part, people say, Franco, you changed my life. I was, so if you do one like this, bam, then you hit something great. Yeah, like I love that you being, the fact that you could change one person's life by being on this show, it, it means everything. You know what I mean? Because you never know what people are going through out there. And just the fact that they saw you on TV, you know, maybe they felt you represented them. I mean, that's 
that's powerful. That's very, very powerful. But speaking of The Bachelor, how did you even get into this world? Yeah. <laughs> how? Yeah. Great question. This is so funny. Well, definitely, I don't even know how, just to be honest. That, dude, I never set myself to do this kind of thing, but I'll, you know, I'll be on a nutshell very quickly. So Puerto Rico, from Puerto Rico, I decided to study art history because I was already an artist as a kid. I'm like, so I come to New York City. I go to Pratt Institute in New York. I study art history. But while I was there as a kid, I was a photographer and a painter. And I used to do my own makeup with the girlfriends. I used to take mango and papaya and, and do my Kool-Aid blush with Vaseline and my jalapeno <laughs> pepper. No, listen, I was doing a whole cosmetology thing so when listen, I was a kid. Wait, with, with those actual products, <laughs> like with, with the fruit makeup. and all that? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's all I had. My mother will not give me money to do makeup, you know, and take jalapeno peppers, go like to pump the lips. You know, that I got me in trouble because I put jalapeno peppers it burn? Um, on a kid's lip and the, the <laughs> lips, he got under the right. <laughs> He got a big reaction. The mother was furious. What did Frankie do? Frankie, I'm like, fine, I'll never try that again. Um, but I was doing my own makeup and doing pictures and photographing all my girlfriends. Every girl was depressed. So I did all come cry on my shoulder. And along the way, I gave them what I call beauty therapy. I'm a doctor face, I put cream, I put lipstick. And then I said, smile, then I take their picture. They're like, oh my God, I love you so much. She said, I love you too. Who needs a boyfriend when you can have a gay boyfriend? You know what I mean? <laughs> so <it> was... <laughs> it's the gay bestie. Oh, oh my God, but it was so much fun because we come from a good place. We're the yin and the yang. You know what I mean? We're everything. So where did The Bachelor end up though? Like, how did you get on that? So you were doing- Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. You know, I got sidetracked. <laughs> um, but The Bachelor, um, what did I do? You were doing art history? Worked. Oh yeah, so our history, and then I moved to Paris. I, I was working for an Italian fashion designer, Gianfranco Ferre. From there, I ended up going to Paris. I started working within design, within the design team. Um, part of the design team, um, you know, was to travel a lot, to go to Morocco or to Portugal and to Spain and to source materials, to learn textiles. It was just really an incredible opportunity for me. Um, and then one day a model didn't show up. They took pictures of me in a collection that we've worked on and that landed me in Paris and it landed me on Italian Vogue. So I started working, wow, had a very congrats. short career as a model, which was super sweet for me because I was just like, I'll take it because I can travel, meet fabulous people, go to great parties, hang out with gorgeous girls, dress them up, <laughs> you know, kiss and tell and have a good time. Look, Franco, side note. <laughs> Bro, they help this me is out. a fabulous life. Like, I don't know about you, Mike. Like Franco, you're, you're the you're the gay best friend. Can I, can you hook me up so I could be they they boyfriend? Like, <laughs> I got the girls. I'm telling you, yeah. I I am so I have the most beautiful women in my life in every country, and I adored them, and they're beautiful. And I've always been in this world of beautiful women because I love, I collect beautiful women. You know? I collect. And if not, I make them beautiful. Franco, you know? Franco, Franco, Mike has been, Mike is single. It is my mission no. to find him a female to basically be his one. Okay. Oh my God. So if you have anybody to introduce to him, 
Well, well I'll gladly <laughs> go ahead, please. I got, absolutely. I can't believe it. You can do my, you're like catch. You're in Puerto Rico. You like surfing. You'd rather walk away from the argument. You don't, you know. <laughs> He's a Are lover, not a fighter. Me? That's the girl's dream. So, The Bachelor. So you were over in Paris. You, you, you had your fashion stint as a fashion model. What, what was that call? How did you get that call? Well, that was, um, so before I got there, I got to do a few television shows. I met someone in London. I was working with Isabella Blow, who discovered Alexander McQueen. You know, mm, I yes. worked in Paris with Karl Lagerfeld. This is, let me give you a little story because that part of Paris led to where I am coming from here now. It was very special how my life led my opportunities, my career. I met the most important people in fashion. I worked with Yves Saint Laurent, he made clothes on me, Ferret. Wow. The body, the you know, these people. I was kind of groomed with all these incredible people that were really the real, the real deal. When it came down to the, the high fashion world, very intellectual people, philosophers, huge artists. I met Catherine Deneuve. I mean, I spent time with, you know, it was my everyday life to just be in such a place because I was grateful to be where I was and I was always happy. Always happy and always grateful. You know, when you're in the world of, we are, because we're energy, I brought this incredible light energy to everywhere I went with everyone that I was with. So they took me everywhere. Somebody was doing a show in America. A friend called me, you should do the show on TV. Yes, I never done that TV. I don't know, I'm scared. I did it, it was good, entertaining. What show was it? Then I was, it was for the Style Network. It was a styling show. I forgot the name with Rachel Hunter. So I did that. It was fun. And then I got my own um, local television in NBC in New York doing transformation. People wanted something with fashion and transformation. And they knew my story. And I love women. And I love dressing them up. So it's like, you're going to have a segment. So I did that for a few seasons. Then I was approached to do a show called Modelo Latina. Um, that was wonderful. It was a little bit like America's Next Top Model meets, you know, Shark Tank kind of situation where we can really put the Latina girls to really, yes, you look good in a certain, you know, you look, of course you look good. You got tits and ass, you know what I mean? You got everything. But you also have a brain that I really want to tap into. Very important, to see very important. You can do something with your, you know, all that stuff that you got going. And it was very good. And again, I was only empowering everyone, empowering all the girls. So I did that for, and I, oh my God, I worked with uh, Maria Perez Brown, who was, who is an amazing person who gave me that job. Without her, I would not be able to have that experience. So then that led me to America's Next Top Model. Mm. Uh, it was called, they just needed something fresh. You know, it's been such a wonderful show throughout. Highly creative, but of course, it's good to spice things up. And I, I had an amazing time working with them as well. And then one of the producers there called me for The Bachelor. I said, you should meet this guy from The Bachelor. We need something. We need bachelors. We need something new in The Bachelor. And ta-da! Ta <laughs> nice. And then here I show up and and um, incredible producer as well, who, who I love. And, you know, we're having conversations. I said, well, Franco, if we could describe who you are. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like, like I love Lucy and Ricky Ricardo all at once. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh like, my God. That is my, such that, the truth. That is my wife's favorite oh my show. God. I love Lucy. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Mike, 
as The Bachelor, the uh, the the conversations that would be had, I think, I mean, with your spirit and with your enlightening personality, like I feel like the conversations would be like next level. With Frankie as a bachelor, two hour episodes would not be enough. <laughs> two hour episodes, it would be so much good content that would just, they won't be able to edit it out. It would be so good. They would have to keep it all. It would be like four hour episodes. Oh my God. It will be fun. You know, it's like hearing, first of all, I'm so excited to be part of you know, if all this stuff is going to happen, it's been crazy. But I really like, like, this last season we were working with Matt, who was great. Yeah. Yes. Matt is really a wonderful person. I love spending time with him. And I love Rachel as well. So I'm happy they're, you know, they went through all that stuff. And now, because they really have good good intentions and good purpose. Yeah. And uh, and I love uh, Zach and Taisha. Mm -hmm. Taisha as well. You know, when I met them, I was really, like, I, I met Taisha first and then yeah. he came yeah. and and she's just so gorgeous and she's she's wholesome for me you know she has this beauty and I love that she's the first you know Afro Latina which yeah. is also huge huge in this yeah. anywhere right now so she's the first and she's an example to many so these are things that I said to her that we spoke about before even she be, you know all of these conversations and and Zach, when I met him, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, I said, you guys, I immediately went into a trance about them to being together because they're supposed to be together. And that was the, the very early part of the, of the situation. Oh, wow. You, know, you, call, you called it. You called it. I did. I did. And I told them both. And they're like, you guys are supposed to be together because you have unfinished business together mm. that are all in equality, giving, raising awareness, bring give 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 zach is so beautiful like oh my like the heart and the stories and this is why it makes this this is what makes who i am it makes me happy the fact that i i said that was gonna happen and the show went through and they end up they were right like they knew you know i give them you know of course they edit everything at the beginning i'm like you guys are supposed to be together of period yeah, they, you know they gotta, they gotta edit that out and they got it. I'm like, great. I'm so happy because they're really wonderful, wonderful people. Love that. Love that. And, and coming together is beautiful. Tell me about now. Do you not? Do you know this girl, Becca Coffin? Do you know her? Yeah. Friend? Becca, friend? yeah. She's darling. I love her. I kind of have a crush on her. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let I'm her know. sure. Well, we'll yes, we'll definitely let her know. You should be. At, you should like be on her. our podcast. She does our sister podcast, uh, Bachelor Happy Hour. She does. Yeah. She's totally great. I like her. I'm so curious about her. Do you know, as you know from before, I love women and I love men. I love everyone. I love, but there's something, there's certain women that I'm attracted to. Very few. I mean, the woman that is attracted to me, of course, because she knows what she gets with me, <laughs> is, is, is the duality of, of this, the ambiguity of being. The ambiguity. And it's, um, that's where the brain works in, the brain work. That's why we're more than just sex. We're something other. And that's where we have to tap into it. We, we really find the one person that you feel I, I, a true connection. Definitely so. Definitely. I want to go back to what you're talking about, Taisha and Zach, and you're talking about Matt and Rachel. You know, we just saw you on last week's episode uh, with Katie on Katie's season with Wells. Uh, but you also on tonight's episode, the, the show that airs tonight. What can oh, yes. You, what can oh, you tell us about tonight's date? Um, 
first of all, I love working with Wells, and I wish I would have we would have more more time with Katie and Wells, and everything they did on that episode was so funny. It was great. He's amazing. Katie's such a sweetheart too. I love her. Um, but also Wells and I have to be doing more stuff together because he's awesome. <laughs> So let me see what happened tonight, 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 tonight. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't I mean I don't know what I can say. You know, I am bound to this. I cannot say anything before the show airs. But it's really gonna be a, a a lot of fun and I feel like Katie has really she's torn. Really? You know, believe it or not, sometimes I really feel that you end up becoming torn. Like she's emotionally distressed about this. And, yes. you know, we have our moments and I said, let's just talk, you know, I just took her to the woods. You know, we were already there in part of the setting. We were filming, we walked a little bit. How do you feel? But I'm so confused. I'm like, these feelings that I have to feel my gut. And, you know, thinking, I really want you to come from your gut at all times. You have to be authentic and she's real. But when you're put in a situation like this, where I have to choose without being judgmental, it's really complicated because in truth, she's not even a judgmental person. You know, she doesn't want to do that. You know? like, how can I make a decision and say, she said, Franco, I'm so torn. I'm, I'm so confused about my feelings. I'm like, don't be confused about your feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. You have to embrace your feelings. Oh, you know, instead of being subjective, let's become objective about it. Let's step back. Let's take a look. You have the I can say all the names, dun, dun, Sean, Jane, and Harry, you know. So you feel towards this, this one, he triggers this in you. The other one triggered this in you. So then all come together, but also really go for that one breath that is like, who could you just be, I don't want to say the word naked, but like totally you. Who could you be, be your most authentic self? Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I like the term naked because naked does not mean strictly like in the physical form. Yeah. In the right. physical. Exactly. Yeah. You naked bear it is, all. Who cannot bear? Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Who cannot bear everything with? I like that. That's good advice that you gave. Her. So, and Franco, you said you mentioned that you saw Zach and Tasha together. Do you have any favorites that you could see with Katie that you could tell us about? Who do you like? <laughs> I like who we're going to see tonight. Really? Oh, well, we're going to see like Andrew. Andrew. And I like Andrew as well. Oh, Andrew's <laughs> awesome. Andrew was great. I really, they're really such great guys there. Everyone is, um, the ones that I spent time with, they're all fun. Um, but Andrew, I think is, there's there's something good with her and him there, I don't know. She was really good. I, I think he's really my favorite. They're all very nice guys. Um, but I think she's been spending a lot of time with I think it's Andrew who I'm referring to. He's um, I think he's African American. Yeah, African American. African American with the muscles. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did they just go on a date? They went on a date this past episode, or no? Yes. Okay. They were. Oh, I forgot. I'm not, well, that's coming up tonight. No, they did get on a date. I'm so confused about my dates, you guys. <laughs> Frankie, though, man, love having you on today. So appreciative. We talked about so many different topping points. I love that. I'm excited for everyone to see tonight's photo shoot because it's going to be beautiful. Plus, I'm wearing something very, you know. He said, he's like, watch it. come watch it. Like, I'm like, going to be looking good. I'm going to be looking good. So you better tune in. <laughs> come watch and see what I have on. 
Well, so Frankie, for, talking about that, where can people even find you? Oh, so people can find me. You know, my well, I'm I'm on the internet and what's that they say? Um, well, I'm Franco. I have my website francolacosta.com. Okay. You can contact me or send a message or Instagram, francolacosta. I'm not very good, but I'm getting better because I see the positive impact that I have made on people. So when people reach out to me and they send me, Franco, you make me laugh. Amazing. You changed my life. You're so much fun. You were this positive person. You're, you know, you're, you're giving me all this energy. I'm like, well, I'm happy because then this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm here to do. Um, and I just want to inspire people in every possible way that we can. And, you know, to be, to, people ask me, so what do you really do in the bathroom? Well, I'm, I'm just creative, but, you know, like, the episodes are fun and I do creative direction. I come up with ideas. You know, we come up with all these ideas and concepts to make the show be a fun show. So, and you provide you like know. a positive energy, like an inspiration. And I mean, you're there to you. unite people to, you know, hopefully find love. So, you know, I, I'm thankful for your spirit, your energy, your inspiration, and everything you bring to the show and just the human that you are. So, Appreciate you coming on today. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and spread the message of love for everyone. And Mike, we're gonna get you not one but a couple of girls. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm all for this. And it's okay to say it's you're a one. chick magnet. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. That's what we're here for. We're here to attract it's energy. It, it's just I'll, a I'll fact. say I'll say I'll say it just like that. I am good at attracting energy. I'll say, I'll say it like that. I'll say it like that. I'll say it like that. Uh, love <laughs> it. Amazing. Amazing. Can't wait to watch it tonight. Well, my friends, I can't wait to see everyone tonight. Stay tuned. I hope they love as much as I love. And I hope that they people just keep having fun and, and enjoying the show and seeing possibilities everywhere. And I just want everyone to shift into a new perspective. When someone is down and depressed, shift your perspective. And if someone needs to find a new perspective for themselves, reach out to me that I or or, or watch me on the show. And if you want me to be the host of the show, <laughs> tell it out loud. Wait, are you are you putting your are you putting your name in the hat? Are you putting your name in the hat right now for host of well, the show? I am because everyone is telling me, Franco, you should be the host of this show. I say Chris Harrison's shoes are very big to fill. <laughs> but however, I have my own cake. A nice, beautiful cake <laughs> that I can just drag all the way there. But why not? It's just a new perspective. Why not? It's no longer he or she is we. Listen, listen. That, yeah, like, hey, Logan, listen, that is must-watch TV. I don't know about you, Mike, but have, Franco as host, I would I would tune in every week. That that's that's great. I think I think we'll be good because we can engage into all these wonderful adventures Absolutely. that most people are afraid of. Like this covering <laughs> self. Yes. That. All right, Franco. Well, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. We love you too. Thank you so we'll much. Take peace, and I'll talk to you guys very soon. Franco's uh, he's funny. He's a fun guy. Oh man, he was he he brought the energy. Like he he is pure energy, pure light, inspiration. Like he has such a a positive uh, energy about him. Like I don't even know how else to describe it. But I seem I feel like. I know why The Bachelor brings him on because he's just in such a positive light. He loves everybody and he's there to unite people in love. So, well, well, like he said, 
he is always happy and he is always grateful. Yes. And you literally can feel it radiate off of him. I mean, yeah. literally, I love it. Yeah. And then, and I, I mean, and then it was hilarious. He, he, he was rubs like, off on you, man. It was hilarious. He was like, make sure you guys watch tonight because I'm going to be looking good. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that's you hilarious. catch that drip. Yeah, I'm going to be looking good. I love that. Oh, man. But anyway, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Oh, definitely. So I, I had a great time. I mean, we talked about so much, uh, so many different topics. And if there was a topic that we didn't get to talk about, message us, comment, you know, DM us, let us, let us know. know your thoughts. Like, yep. seriously, we want to know your stories, uh, your insight on everything. So, you know, follow us on social, Talking Out BN. That's Talking Out B as Ambassador in as a Nation, baby, on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to right now, baby. And you already know, don't DM me no more. Unless you hit that subscribe. Yup.